Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin. I am one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, and I skip part of the intro, which is that this is the only podcast where we don't funk, we just monk. See, if I wasn't so focused on just monkin', maybe I would have gotten the intro right. Also joining me is Andre Broera. Andre, how are you? Jakey, 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 you've made a big mistakey. You know, that is uh, a very profound thing you just said there. Um... I see. I just want to point out to everyone that uh, Andre is wearing. Honestly, what is that even called? The th- the headwear you're wearing. It's just a headband. Yeah, it's, it's like little, but the sort of super thick headbands with the LA Dodgers logo on it, um, which is good for you. Uh, you know, they won the World Series as has been mentioned multiple times in this podcast. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, Thank you. Anyway. Yep. I just um, wanted a. I just wanted a reason to say, Jakey, 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 and so you didn't actually make a mistake. Uh, I did make. A, I mean, I actually did make a mistake. It wasn't a big deal, but I, I objectively made a mistake. Uh, okay. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my mistakes. Uh, my therapy sessions tomorrow. Um, we're here to talk about Mr. Monk, and the kid. Um, and as you mentioned last episode, the kid was your nickname. Um, yeah. And so. First, right off the bat, did you relate to the kid in this episode? Um, yeah, in a way that I was dressed like a dork when I was a kid. I feel like we all were dressed as dorks when we were kids. I think it actually would be a bad thing if we weren't. Um, I definitely related to that outfit. The, uh, you know... The cardigan sweater with the, the, the red card. Well, yeah, because my mom... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this thing all mothers with twins do, even though I'm fraternal twin. Me and my brother each had our own color. I was always my main color was red and Michael's main color was green, um, so I definitely related to having a red sweater, a red card. Very in. Ninja Turtles. Uh, yes, that fair. But I also I think I've said before, I one of my greatest shames is that I definitely know I'm a Donatello, um, which is why I yeah. love I love wearing purple. Um, it wasn't Lakers. the reason I decided to go to <laughs> New York University, but it definitely helped. That the, the, the there the it is, there it is. Thank you. This is actually one of the better examples. <laughs> re- it is. It is. It is. It is. Because <laughs> it is a true fact. Like I, like I got a lot of, uh, I, I got a lot of merch and stuff and T-shirts when I went there. And it's like, yeah, one, when I go back home, do I feel good about myself when I walk around Pondagora, Florida, wearing an NYU T-shirt? Of course I do. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a perfect person. Hoobastank <laughs> said it first, and they said it right. Um, but it also is because, like, man, I think I look in purple. Anyway. Monk looks good in gray, in beige and uh, brown. But uh, what did you think about this episode generally? Uh, I really liked it. It was good. Um, there was there was a part. There, I feel like it was like just like last time. Where I was like, oh god, god no, tell me this isn't happening. And then it ends up being a lot better than I thought. Yes, so I, need to, episode, I need to just give them the benefit of the doubt. Is what I yeah. Need to I think that they they earn it at this point. At the beginning, they didn't. Because a lot of times yeah. you're like, this is, come on, don't let that happen, and then it happens. But this, I think they understand the seriousness of this episode, and they don't want to fuck around when there's a small child involved. Like, that's the thing I really appreciate about this, that, like, they, the child, I love the fact that the child is never in peril. Um, yes, true. Because that would just be, like, really, because it wouldn't be funny if Monk's phobias put the child in danger. And that's what I feel, like, what you're afraid of, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, he was definitely... A big uh, component of the episode, but mm-hmm. he wasn't in the line of fire, which is yes. great. Yes, also in the line of fire, decent movie. Um, great John Malkovich performance. It's weird that Clint Eastwood and Rene Russo get together because he's like 40 years older than her. Anyway, um, uh, not 40, uh-huh. like 20, but still. Um, 
anyway, so the episode starts off in a park, and uh, there's a well, who we find is a foster mother named um, uh, Janet. Oof. Um, okay. Now, quick thought. Tell me she doesn't look like the off-brand Chloe Sevigny. Uh, okay, I'm not going to go there because she is actually a big part of my uh, childhood. She used to be uh, one of the actresses on um, Mad TV. Uh, I'm not saying she's. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. Chloe Sevigny is a no, great no, no, actress. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I just. I don't. I can't give. I can't give her a bargain bin uh, designation. That's fair. Although. I think that Mad TV, as much as people may have liked it, is definitely <laughs> is in itself the bargain bin of another show. You know what? That's probably true. But I, for whatever That's reason, fine. I never, I never wanted to watch SNL. It's I was funny. I, a I, person. I think our slight half generational divide is big. He actually, not, you know, because people my age love Mad TV. I could never stand Mad TV. It was always, I always thought it was so stupid. <laughs> and that's a personal thing. That's because I was, I was a very <laughs> snobby kid, you know. Um, anyway, uh, so there's a park and uh, one of the kids is missing. Tommy is, uh, he's, he's run away. Um, Tommy Grazer. Tommy Grazer, yeah, he grazed. Um, yeah, he did. And she calls the cops. As you do, you know responsible yeah. uh we find out she's eventually not really responsible but eventually um the cops find him uh, did you recognize the cop who found him yeah of course um yeah he, he was on better call Saul for like an episode but also i just mostly he's remember him from his name's kyle bornheimer he's yeah, in brooklyn almost everything Nine-Nine. i think that he yeah, he's in brooklyn and he played uh i think teddy was his name um yes uh, he is, I want to say, either the brother or the blood-in-law in the film She's Out of My League, which I know is a movie that you and I both think is very underrated. I, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I think that movie's hella underrated. I, I, well, I, I'll be honest, it's one of those movies where, like, on the surface, like, this movie's gonna be really terrible and, like, really offensive, but it's actually, I think, really good. Um, yeah. and yeah, this guy was in everything. Um, he, uh, I've long held that Brooks Kepka looks like his athletic younger brother, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, so he finds him, and he doesn't just find him. Finds a finger. Yeah, a severed finger that this kid is just messing around with. Were you so. uh, grossed out? What were you grossed out by the the digit he found? No, of course not. I watched all kinds of gruesome shit. So yeah, <laughs> shots to gruesome shit, man. Um, Honestly, like I was, gonna say, I was gonna say like I. Now, I don't know if I, I, I'm trying to think, but I'm almost confident that if I saw a severed finger like in real life, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that panicked about no, it. No, I'm. I am. I can stomach basically any blood or gore or whatever like that. Like, I stuff like I have trouble with, but other than that, uh, it's pretty easy for me to. Uh, I remember that when I was in sixth grade, I was participating in like a field trip that was for like kids who were smart but influential in their classes, which was not necessarily true about me, but the <laughs> sponsor of it really, I was a teacher's pet and she really liked me. So I went for like dare. Um, and it was, we went to like a morgue to see different organs of people who did drugs and stuff like that. And I remember I was completely fine and everyone else wasn't. And that definitely isolated me from the rest of the group. (laughs) They were like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? There's nothing. He's perfectly fine poking a liver that had cirrhosis. Um, anyway. You're definitely like a Dexter Morgan type. Yeah. Um, (laughs) except even I know how to, uh. And things. Oh, uh, here we go. I've actually never watched Dexter, but 
and I'm not probably never going to because why would I do it? Why the would I finale watch a show is so where synonymous. That why would I know? Why would I watch a show that I know is going to get bad? I, you know. Um. Anyway, so because when it's good, it's so good. I'm sure it is. And, but I've heard this. You could it's say like Homeland. About, you could say the same thing about heroin. When it's good, it's good, and then it ends badly. Um. So, the police show up. Uh, well, the Stalmeyer and Disher show up, and you know they're like lock everything down because there's a finger found. Um, and the monk and uh, Natalie show up, and there's a scene which feels, I think, like they just needed some that they when they're rewriting it, it's like we haven't had a joke in a while, so they have a bit where uh, Stalmeyer explains what happened, and Disher keeps correcting him. Um, but um, what's the gist of what happened? Um, basically. They found a left pinky. Um, it is of a white Caucasian male, mm-hmm. around 25 years old, and it appears to have been done with a sort of pruning shear. Right. That's something we learn later. I don't know why I asked. It doesn't matter. Oh, we, it's wait. It's all good. I, I should have made been more specific, or I should not, should not have teed you up. This is a podcast, not a pop quiz. I apologize. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, the kid had a finger. They don't know where he found it. Um, and they go over to, uh, to Tommy and Janet and, you know, Natalie goes over to uh, Tommy and gives him a high five and introduces Monk and Tommy loves saying Monk. Yeah. You know, at first I, you know, what's fucking stupid is I was watching this episode Mm -hmm. and like, obviously, it's called Mr. Monk and the Kid, and this is the kid, but I had no idea it was going to be this big of a, like, a, that he was going to be this heavily focused. I thought it was just that he found the finger, and that was it. Nah, man. It's, it's a monk. Monk. Yeah, but he loves Monk, and it's, like, actually, it's really good. It's, yeah, it's it, This is the, a really great child actor, by the way. Yeah. Really fantastic. Well, child actors, I believe, because... Uh, Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um... Also, great Tony Shalhoub performance. I know that this is where he got his Emmy for Monk, and I believe this is where he got one of his Golden Globes was for this episode. Did um, they play this clip during the fucking thing? I don't know. I just remember reading that IMDb trivia once. I didn't watch that uh, Emmys or Golden Globes at the time. But Monk's talking to the kid, and he's like, I'm not. I'm with the police. I'm a consultant. Do you know what a consultant is? I'm a, more of an advisor, an adjunct. You know, He's talking to the kid, too, adult. Um, like, right. But then... He uh, has the idea to take the kid for a walk. So hopefully the kid will lead him um, to the body. And so he's, you know, walking with him. And then we fade a little forward in the future. And he's explaining how Trudy was killed. (laughs) Yeah, he's doing a little bit of oversharing. Um, The kid seems to be able to handle it pretty well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, good on him. And then the kid grabs a stick. And like kids are want to do with anything, what does he do with the stick? He puts it in his mouth. Man, kids just love putting things in their mouths. Uh, I mean, sticks though? I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't think every kid does, but I think that, you know, if it's a thing that could fit in your mouth, kids are going to try to put it in their mouths. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you're a kid, it's kind of hard to discern what is food and what isn't food. Um, I mean, dogs can't tell. Um, anyway, Monk gives him a wipe, uh, and he tells him that nature's dirty, which is something that Monk and I agree on. Uh, nature is not meant and to be me. touched. Yeah, me. not a big, you know, not a big fan of getting nature on my hands. Um, but, uh, he gives him an extra wipe too. 
And then we cut to, like, the uh, the lab, and Monk is gushing about how the kid wouldn't let go and how, you know, he's so, you know, he's still friends with him. And it's it's always, I love seeing Monk happy. It, he's, cause he's such a sad man. No, absolutely. No, that's true. Um, I guess that's, uh, it's obvious, but to me it just occurred that, yeah, this is like, this episode has both of those emotions, very sad and very happy, very bittersweet kind of episode, um, mm-hmm. which was like, it gave me like the vibe of a season finale, but also like it kind of left me like sad and I was just like, well, mm-hmm. luckily I don't have to wait nine months to see, or however long it was, yeah. to see the next episode. Yes. Um and so this is where the laptop gives the info that you gave. Um, and then Monk looks at the finger, and he sees the callus. Right. Um, and the laptop's like, yeah, we think he's a guitar player. And Monk's like, no, 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 no. Wrong angle, baby. And uh, instead, it turns out that, you know, he plays the violin, which... Yep. Less, less, less easy to find. Yes. Um, also, a dumb thing, too... Is that then the next thing they talk about is that they find like a sap type thing on it. And Randy, of course, says that he thinks it's a lumberjack violinist, um, which is funny. But yeah, I did like that. But it's like, oh, but it's like, no, it's actually sap for like violin rosin. And it's like, then why the hell did you just say it was a guitar player, stupid? You know? Um, Right. That's true. Okay, but hold on a second. Is okay. So it's spelled resin, but it's pronounced rosin. It is not spelled spelled resin. It's rosin. Rosin is a different thing than resin. Okay, so my closed captioning is full of shit. Great. I mean, it might be, it might have been resin, but rosin is like the rosin bag is the bag that they have behind. They should, yeah, in baseball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't seem like it's the same thing at all. No, I actually don't even. Honestly, they might have been resin. I don't know. I heard rosin. Um, I heard but, rosin too. No, yeah. absolutely. In personally, it doesn't really matter um, to me. Uh, it I've does never, to me. That's true. It it might matter a little bit to me. I just mostly. Like, <laughs> You're you know, definitely gonna look this up after. No, I actually won't because I'll forget. Um, but you know, if you if you played the violin and you know specifically, here we go. Let's, Rosin, go. let's go. Let's go. Please write into the show. Um, <laughs> Still okay. What's the tally? How many times has it happened? Uh, on almost every episode, and this is episode like I don't even know what. Probably like in the high thirties. No, maybe early forties. Uh, so um, someone's written in thirty times. No, oh no! How many times has no? No one's written in ever. <laughs> okay, no, that was my question, yeah. Oh, I thought it was how many times we asked. No, 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 no one's no. ever written in, which is stupid, because at some point, like, okay, I know we don't have that many listeners, but we have enough listeners where we had to have at some point hit on one of these. <laughs> I um, don't think so, but that's yeah. all right. Well, Maybe I, I, get, I get texts from, like, my cousin, and, like, I got a text from my aunt once, but, like, they didn't answer the questions we asked. So, anyway. Um, so they go uh, to this guy, Daniel, I forget his last name. Um, uh, Daniel Crenshaw. It's not Crenshaw. Um, it is oh, Carlisle, Carlisle. Carlisle. Yeah. And we was have Crenshaw re- the last one? Oh, that's yes. Harold Crenshaw. Yeah. We have a reappearance of Brooke Adams, Tony Shalhoub's wife, playing another role. I don't know if you noticed that. The mom? Yeah, that's Tony Shalhoub's wife. She was the Oh, she attendant. had short hair last time. Yeah, or she shorter was, hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Monk in the airplane. So she's back. She's playing another role. Um... You know, on the one hand, I like that she's in it multiple times. On the other hand, the part of my brain that likes a clean cannon really doesn't like that at all. <laughs> um, clean cannon, he says. Yeah. I don't feel good about saying that phrase, but I do mean it. Um, all right, fine. And then we'll have to speak to her son because her son's a violinist. You know? Right. And, and apparently they had crossed off seven people before this? Yes, exactly. <sighs> but he can't, he's practicing, which 
you know, um, I feel like I, if maybe if the Texas were on Idor, I could stop practicing for like two seconds, but whatever. Um, and the guy comes down with the violin. Bad news. He's got all ten of his fingers. Um, I mean, good news for him. Bad news for yeah for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Bad news for the case. I'm glad he has all of his fingers. Um, you know, uh, particularly because I feel like if you lost his, if he lost his left pinky, that'd be very annoying because uh, A is a key you need to hit a lot on the keyboard, and you'd have to you take like an extra two seconds to hit it. So that's true. What if he was a lefty though? Do we know that? Uh, I no, but well, it doesn't matter with the keyboard, but. Um, uh, I don't know. With the violin. Uh, you would want him to be a... Wait, he's with the violin here. He would actually want to be a lefty. Because you... I believe you uh, use the bow with your dominant hand, right? I think so. Yeah, so he actually... If he was a lefty, it would be a good thing. If um, you guys are watching this on Zoom, we're just both, like, mimicking doing that, which is yeah. great. Yeah, uh, because I, I... You were doing it, like... I felt like you were doing it. I was going to do it just like, wait. And do you use... What hand do you use to play the the frets um i apologize that i'm using guitar terminology um but uh i didn't have oh. lame ass friends so i don't know anyone who just plays the violin uh, oh I'm don't don't fret don't fret about it um anyway so uh he um they're done with the list and monk wants to go talk to the boy again and i think rightfully so as they go to find the boy um he's being temporarily taken away from his foster home um, probably yeah. a good idea. I, I'm just gonna be honest. No. I hate to say it. I don't want to support that, but they did lose the kid, and he did find a finger. But is that like okay? Uh, yeah. All right. It's an episode. I was gonna say, is that like how it works? I think you lose the kid once. I don't know. I what, what they said is that they need to hold him for at least two weeks. In uh, so I think that the, the implication is that if they get review goes comes back fine, then. They, he, they can get him back but also he right. is a foster kid so it's not i think the 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 requirements are probably a little less you know it's not like they're taking away the kid oh. that he, they adopted right um right he's, he's there That's temporarily true. anyway um That's true. if you raise foster children um i don't you don't have to run uh. to the show just you're a saint and uh you're doing the world a really good service <laughs> um yes. Now, uh, if you raise foster children and you kidnap someone, that's bad. But on balance, you're still actually not that bad of a person, in my opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, if you, but also if you're trying to get money to provide a better life for these children, yes, that would true. be great. Also, I don't think that that's why they're doing it. And in fact, no, there is a huge problem all. in America where people use foster children just for the financial benefit and treat them poorly. But yeah. uh, I like to believe that the people who listen to our show would not do that. Anyway, Monk right. and Natalie talk to the caseworker, um, <laughs> and Monk makes a startling decision when he's told that the kid uh they're gonna need to put the kid somewhere temporarily for two weeks um yep he says, but the yeah him. because because the other family can't take him yet yeah he says i'll take him which well, did, were you surprised when that happened or did you see that coming i saw it coming i know but it's still, i saw uh, it coming but but i'm just like really man like come on you know um because he's just he's so happy he's just one thing that they don't go into, which I wish they did, I wish they explored some of the stuff they talked about in Mr. Monk versus the Cobra about Monk and Trudy never being able to ha- never having kids. Like I wish. Right, that- I thought. Yeah. I swear to God, I thought that that was going to be like a plot point, or like, uh, yeah. or, or she was going to come out to him in like a dream. Yeah, I wish they did, um, because I think that that is part of the reason why Monk takes him. Um, but I do. I, I think focusing on the fact that Monk saw the potential for someone to love him unconditionally was enough like i think that that is a powerful enough thing but i did um 
I did wish they had that. Anyway, Monk is signed in some forms, which I'm glad to know you have to sign a lot of forms before you adopt a kid for two weeks. Yeah, you know, San Francisco ain't slacking when it comes to the child placing services. And then the caseworker says something which I love, which is, I normally would take longer review, but I'm going with my instincts. Woman, okay, I shouldn't call someone woman, that's rude. But have you seen Lady. Adrian Monk? What kind of instincts do you have? <laughs> yeah, no, she's very, like, really easy to just let him go. And, like, he clearly, like, is asking questions. Like, he needs basic stuff. Yeah, what, he, what, like, what, is, what are the questions he's asking? Yeah, the first question, I probably only know the first one, but the first one is, what does he eat, I think? Yeah, what does he eat? And she just says, you know, food. Like, you know, regular, like the food you eat, but smaller portions. Mm-hmm. Which, and then he's like, oh, so he's basically like a human, mm-hmm. a human being or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he says, what do I do when he wakes up? Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, these are some questions that Monk probably should have thought about before he adopted this kid. But, you know, it is what it is. He, you know. The kid needs to go some needed somewhere to go. I'm sure this caseworker has like 17 other children she needs to place, so I'm True. not going to blame her too much. Um, my social worker is, you know, the hardest job in America. Uh, so my mom tells me every day. I'm kidding. She's never said that once. Um, I'm actually. I I, don't, I shouldn't even made that joke because she really wow. is never once. Wow. <laughs> you she's just fucking trashed her. Wow. No, I didn't. My, my mom's been a social worker for over 30 years, so she's clearly a much better person than I am. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, I mean that Definitely. that kind of goes without saying, though. Definitely. Like, yeah, it, the bar. I mean, I think I'm a decent person, but like in terms of the bar of being a better person than me is very clearable. And being a social worker for like two days clears it. And so, um, anyway, this this is the man that that um, <laughs> this is the man. Fuck! I completely forgot what I was going to say, but it had to do with something. Oh, yeah, this is the man that, like, made a, a, like, a speech about the fact that Vision has a penis or doesn't. That's true, yes. If you guys want to hear me make it out, I do. I, I, I'm doing some cross-marketing here. Aside, brief aside of my podcast, Marvel Cinematic University, I did re- do, do kind of an essay reaction to actor Paul Bentany confirming the fact that his character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Vision, has genitalia. Anyway, uh, so the social worker leaves, and um, you, there's a little montage of well first Tommy cries and Monk picks him up and comforts him and then there's a little montage of them playing and Monk seems to be really enjoying himself yeah no it's like uh, like you said seeing him happy for like an extended amount of time it's just it's really fun because it's not like that time that he was taking the pills that mm-hmm. suppressed his OCD that was fun for him but it wasn't fun for us to watch but this was like really nice to see mm-hmm. like just some tenderness Yep, he's chasing them around. He's playing with blocks. Um, the only uh, thing we needed was, like, uh, wouldn't it be nice playing in the background? Oh, right, 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 right. At, Pricey at song, the, I would imagine. Yeah, at, at the time, USA probably didn't have that in the, the music budget. Um, it would be nice if they did, though. Anyway, we then get Disaster. He calls 911. And we only see this from the perspective of the 911 call, which I think is a great choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my yeah. thoughts is, like, what a patient woman. But also, like, please tell me, like, no one's dying while this is all happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he calls 911, and there's an emergency. Um, is someone dying at his house? Um, Monk is, in a way. 
I, I mean, oh, do you not want to say? It? I'll say it if you don't want to say it. I'm trying to tee you up to say no, it. No, I'm telling. No, I'm telling. Getting you to say it. Okay, so he's calling because uh, Tommy uh, pooped in his diaper. Uh, dropped a deuce. Bow movie. He, Monk keeps calling it a BM. Um, yeah, he dropped. Uh, he took the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, so he's on the phone because there's poop in the diaper, and this 911 operator is patient with him for a while and like explains to him how to like do the diaper and use wipes. But then eventually she has to go because people could yep. be dying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely would be a bad thing if someone died because she had to calm Monk down. Also, like this is this is the thing that I wonder: Did Mug not anticipate this happening? Um, maybe he wasn't like that as a kid. Maybe he had it all figured out from the age of who knows what. That's eleven true. months. That's true. Um, but, but yeah. But while he's on the phone, he's like saying like, "Oh yeah, he did number two. Number he's doing number one and number two. And oh my god, he's doing number three. Mm-hmm. Which what number three is just diarrhea? Is that like what that? No, is, number or? three. I think he means is both at the same time. Now growing oh, up in my okay. growing up in my household when we were very little and we first learned the concept of number one and number two. Number three was what we called doing both, and number four I believe was diarrhea, and five was vomit. I think. That never really came up, and we never actually called it that, but we did think it was a funny idea to say that we were going to call it that. Um, anyway, you don't actually see any of the stuff, but then it ends with Monk putting Tommy to bed, which his bed is basically just a couch cushion with pillows around it. Um, yep. I, it's a pretty nice pretty nice little setup, though. Yeah, I mean, it's and a nice couch. Because Monk, well, aesthetically looking, it looks great, because Monk is, of course, a perfectionist, mm-hmm. so it's like the perfect amount of pillows on each side is... I wanted to lay down, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. And then we cut to uh, Monk and Natalie back in the car um, looking at uh, watching the um, Carlisles, the mother and son, leave the house. Well, like, you know, they're staking out. And at the time, Tommy is wearing a snowsuit because he was cold, which makes me wonder. I see that you're wearing what looks like almost like a wool coat. And you are in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, no, it's um, it's actually like what? Hold on, it's fifty-eight degrees. Uh, it's forty-six here. It was actually thirty-seven last night, which wasn't great. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, no, it's but when it gets to like fifties here, it's like that sweater weather, and I just get cold very easily. And yeah, this sure, isn't wool; it's just uh, it's some shit I got from Uniqlo. So it's like uh, it's warm, but it's not like the best. You're you're just a California boy. Um, yeah, I'm like the worst California boy. I hate the sun and I hate like hot weather uh, and yeah. strip malls. Man, see, this is the thing. I don't know how I don't know how I, you were born or you were born and I was born or I was born because this. I mean, I don't love the sun, but I love warm weather and I love strip malls. Anyway, um, that's the one thing we have in common: states with a lot of strip malls. Yeah, love me some strip malls, um, especially when there's like a place that has like no real advertising that's like great food in a strip mall. That's the best feeling. Anyway, Monk is like the guy they saw wasn't, wasn't a violinist at all because the bow was apparently like loose. Um, I'll take Monk's word for it. I don't really know how violins work. Um, I mean, I know how they work, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, for sure. I wouldn't tell someone's grip on it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And Natalie asked the right question, which is why would they be lying um, about someone's kid being missing? Uh, and before, Monk proposes. Yeah. yeah, Monk says that he like. What? Oh wait, no, no. Go he ahead, thinks go he might have. They might have killed him. Right. Um, yeah. But more importantly than all that, Natalie pulls down Tommy's hood 
and sees that he's wearing a helmet. And Monk's got a lot of experience wearing helmets growing mm-hmm. up. And Nat- Natalie says, your parents made you wear a helmet? I, I missed this. Oh, and I Monk says, it. no, they didn't make me. <laughs> okay. Now, I, no, have because you seen, I, I assume at some point you've seen, like, a lot of kids around that age, sometimes if they have, like, misshapen heads, they'll have to wear helmets. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I mean, I, have I seen it? I can't recall. Like, I oh, couldn't tell you right now. I definitely have. I, we had it didn't stick friend. out of my head. We had a family friend who had a kid that was like that, and he was great. Um, he looked, it's, uh, it's very adorable to see, like, a one-and-a-half-year-old tumbling around with, like, a foam, sort of foam helmet on. Um Anyway, so they follow uh, they follow the mother and son, and they they end up being waiting your payphone, which to me it takes Monk way too long to realize what's going on because there's really only one reason ever to wait by payphone. Uh- <laughs> well, there's, there's a few, but also um, no, I need to give a quick shout out Go. to Astro Family Restaurant, mm-hmm. the place where they're at. Mm-hmm. It's like a in my neighborhood, in like uh, like northeast Los Angeles, like uh, Los Feliz, Silver Lake, mm-hmm. it's like a very popular and like famous like diner to go to. That open at all times. They have really good food, like regular diner food, but they also have like a really delicious matzo ball soup. I couldn't tell you how many fucking times I've been there at like two thirty in the morning and just coming back to life. It's I I owe this place so many things they have so many memories i i can't like i'm gushing i love that place yeah, so much. i love diners one thing i that sucks about being in new york during covid is not being able to just go to a diner um yeah back in my old neighborhood in east village there's a diner called joe jr's which has more like diner wise the best burger in the city um and okay every time i go to a diner i only get breakfast never okay. get burgers anyway i am not like that but a lot of times like if I'd be like walking home from somewhere and Joe Jr. would be on the way, I would, I was living with my older brother at the time, I'd text him like, hey, Kevin, do you have any dinner? Do you want to get something for dinner? And if he ever said like, no, I'm actually doing this, it'd be like, awesome. I'm just going to stop at Joe Jr. I don't know if, I don't know how often people do this in LA, but I love, I just sitting at the counter by myself with headphones. Oh, on. I don't like doing that. I've done oh, it a few times, but I'd, I'd rather I not. Love, it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. I mean, once COVID's over, I will do that as much as I can. Just and I my, my go to diner order if I'm you know not trying to die by eating burger and fries is uh, an open faced turkey sandwich with gravy. Um, Ooh, I don't think I've ever had that. Yeah, I love an open faced sandwich. Any sandwich that has any sandwich that you cut with a knife and a fork, I love. Um, but yeah, shout to diners, love them, big fan. Yeah, yep. So they uh, support your local diners. People. Oh, hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Support your local diners. That's, I know I'm kind of using my irony voice, but I don't mean that ironically. Um, Natalie asked Monk why did he take him in um, and he basically you know beats around the bush that he wants someone to love him mm-hmm. um, and when you know it he's separating his food uh, which is fun yeah I mean it's a good skill to have I, I guess so I, even though I am OCD I actually had the exact opposite thing where I love mixing my food together I don't need to I guess it's not the exact opposite thing because it's not like I compulsively need to mix my food together but um Speaking of an open face sandwich, when I get that yellow side of mashed potatoes and you mix the gravy and the bread and the turkey and the mashed potatoes together into one big bite on fork, <laughs> now you're talking about Thanksgiving. No, I'm talking about when you get an open face sandwich at a diner. It's like Thanksgiving on a Tuesday. I don't. I mean, I really need to diversify my fucking the selections. T- dude, man, I love diner. Also, I think I, I think I really disagree with. There's a lot of people 
will judge me if some another thing I did down a lot was I'll get a meatball sam I mean meatloaf sandwich on rye with brown gravy in the side and like why would you ever get a meatloaf at a restaurant? It's like because it's great. I don't know what you're talking anyway. I've never had meatloaf either. Oh meatloaf man I can make you some meatloaf. I make a good meatloaf. You it's also the whitest food in existence, so I understand why you're casserole right. too. Yeah I get no casserole well no, because I feel like there's some black casseroles, whereas only white people have meatloaf. True. Uh, All right, anyway. so people, you come here for Monk, and you get diner. And, yeah, I have uh, a lot of diner takes. I didn't realize I, that. So do I. So do yeah. I. All right. So uh, across the street, the Carlisles, they answer the phone, and Monk re- immediately realizes, based on the reactions, that uh, this, what is it, Daniel has been uh, yeah. kidnapped. Um, yeah. That's the story. Yeah. That's the story, and we're sticking to it. So they, uh, they meet with them in their house, which is very nice. Um, yeah. You know, they, they look like the type of people who would have someone get kidnapped. Yep. And they say the thing that uh, all people who are going to pay a ransom say, don't if, tell uh, the police. Exactly. Uh, if, if you tell the police... Our kid is going to get whacked. If Sting or, finds or, out, yeah. Daniel is screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, that's always – that's the easiest layup of a joke ever is when someone mentions the police to just say Sting and, like, to be like, uh, like, defund the police. What Sting – what has Sting ever done, you know? Um, anyway. Um, oh, I didn't even hear that once. Yeah, oh. yeah I apologize. Um, I, funnily enough, Monk doesn't also appreciate it when people stand so close to him. But um, see that honk? That was – they like my joke. Yeah, um, and Monk says he doesn't think he'll be able to do that, and uh, Mrs. Carlyle says, "Do you have children?" And Monk says, "Yes, I have a son," which I like the moment, but also he's only had him for like a couple days, and that is like a bit forward. <laughs> I, I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Because then she asks him, like, "Oh yeah, would you die for him?" And he's like, "Yeah, I would." Which you know, that's normal. That's, that yeah, that's sense. like a middle school relationship. If I'm being honest, that's the only way. You, that's the only time people say they'll die for someone after six days. It is sweet, and I do like that Monk feels that way. But um, uh, also, it is. I don't know about you, but a thing that will always get me to cry is stories about. Um, like, I remember I was once on Reddit, and I just started openly, not openly weeping, because I was in my room, but read a story where it was like, it was like, a, a ask where the question of, and I apologize for the tangents, guys, but whatever, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I'm me. Um, and it was like, what's the happiest, what's like the smallest thing in your life that would make you so happy? And it was a person talking about how when she was like 17, she was talking to her stepdad on the phone, who like, were, they were pretty close, and like, she, he kind of like, raised her since she was like eight or whatever, but like, you know, they would say, he always called her by his first name, yada, 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 and he was on the phone, with, and he was at work, and he heard him take the phone away from his ear and say, one second, I gotta talk to my daughter, and he had never called her that before, and that made me cry like a baby. Anyway. Um, wow. I'm sorry, I, 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 what can I do? No, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only human. So anyway, um, they, uh, they get a phone call about where the ransom's gonna be. And it's at the Young Men's Christian... What is it? The Young Men's... Men's Christian Association. Association. Yeah. Um, which is also a fun place to have gay sex. Um, <laughs> it is! Well, that's what the song's about! No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's always... I mean, yeah. That's why it's also also so funny that, that, that Trump would play that song all the time. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Jacob, the other son, is... I'm just gonna say it. A big pussy. And yeah, big time. Yeah, like a monk has a million diagnosable mental dis- mental disorders, and he's more willing to save this man's brother than this 
wimp. Like, I, I man. What yeah, a... no, I was very disappointed. So, yeah, my whole note is Jacob is pussing out. Monk's going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go. he goes to the YMCA, and uh, he navigates you know, around. People are naked and nude and what have you. And mm-hmm. he gets a note, and it tells him to call a number. Right. And the, number, the guy at the number has simple instructions. Monk is to follow them. Yeah, so he has to undress um, and put on a bathrobe. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. He's got to take the cash, put it in the trash in a bag. trash bag, undress, put on a bathrobe, go to the roof, and wait for a phone call. And there was a no, guy across and throw the, it across. There was a, yeah, yeah, there was a guy across the building uh, yeah. in another building, yeah, exactly. and he had to throw him the cash. Yes. Now, Monk, as you might expect, has gonna have trouble getting undressed. And I'll be honest with you, I really don't blame him. When I was in middle school, uh, I, in high school, I, had, I could not undress in front of other people. Um, That's the least surprising thing I've, I think I've heard on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I, thankfully, they did have like tiny sh- sh- like curtain stalls, um, which was nice uh, because, yeah. I, uh, did you have a nice gym? Uh, yes, be- but well, not because I am from any particularly you know, nice part of the country. But because the, it, I started high school in 2010 and the school was destroyed in a hurricane in 2004. So it was actually my first year was the first year it was rebuilt. So they had a whole new everything. Um, yeah, it was a nice gym, a nice locker room. Um, I did once get my backpack stolen from the locker room. Uh, not backpack. I got I had money in my backpack that got stolen, which was you know uh, not great. Since I'm oversharing uh, on this episode, I did. What, what was in there? What was in there? What was in there? What was in there? Uh, I had like forty dollars because we were going because me and my brothers were going f- to get. I think like we were. I think we were like doing an after school thing, and then my mom said go like to this place for dinner because it was like a, I forget exactly what it was, but she wanted to treat us to dinner. So I definitely was really sad about that. Um, yeah, some fucker stole forty dollars <laughs> from me. Like who the fucker steals forty dollars? Like come on, man. Uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, this big dude comes in, um, it just starts being an ass. I don't even want to talk about it, whatever. He's not even being an ass, though. No, he's, he's just changing. Being, yeah, he's changing. I don't know. I just, I also do love that he's credited, according to IMDB, as big guy, which I appreciate. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, so he ends up, he gets a call from Julie. Yeah. Apparently she spilled grape juice on the rug. Which, well, shouts to Julie, because she's babysitting. Yeah. Um, seeing it Seeing this episode now, from when I saw it, I was about Julie's age, if not younger. This very is very reminiscent of the John Mulaney bit about uh, how you're trusting a child to watch another child. Because yeah, Julie that's is not is not old enough to be trusted on her own. <laughs> yeah, those are my thoughts as well. I was just like, this seems a little irresponsible. Yeah, um, and so Monk gives instructions, yada yada yada, um, and he ends up butting the bullet and he creates like a little stall for himself and changes you and better then, stop yada yadding or you're gonna get us fucking trashed again right yeah sorry about that um i need to come up with a guys vote on a new verbal tick for me to have in that case i it's in some yada yadding a lot you you take you take the pass yeah okay um so do, wait are we talking about like the whole fixing the stain no i don't care about that he i said he's, he's getting changed 
And then Okay, yeah. So he gets changed, he gets that call, whatever that happens. The guy calls again, he's like, Yo, what the fuck are you? basically mm-hmm. and so Monk, you know, finally put you know, uh grows a pair, literally, and does it. Um, you know, he gets which is really weird to see a guy in a robe but with like so- dress socks and dress shoes on. Mm-hmm. Very jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes up there, sure enough. And he gets another phone call from Julie, so he's a little bit distracted, a little frazzled. And it, so we can see that the guy, the kidnapper, is like on one building. But yeah. from what Monk can see, he sees another guy that's randomly on the next rooftop. And he gets like all frazzled and confused, and he ends up throwing it to the wrong guy who like inspects it, sees that it's cash, and takes off while the other guy, the kidnapper, is freaking out in the background. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely an oversight by Monk. But as we then cut to Dr. Kroger, and we realize it's not just that he was on the phone distracted. It was something that Julie said to him, which distracted him. That she says that he's just like Monk, and he's going to grow up to be just like him, Tommy, I mean. Right, which, okay. You know, that... It's, uh... It's a lot. Yeah. Because is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I know that it's a, a bad thing, but how does Bunk feel about it? I mean, he's proud. He's very, like, you know, it's... I See, know, I took it that he's pretending he's proud and he's not. That's the way I interpreted it. Um, I mean, you are the more deep person than I am, so I'll That's take not true at all. I know, I know. I just wanted to be a bitch. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I just took it as, like, at bold face. Um, he did, like, have, like, a weird expression on his face, but, I mean, I don't know. It It's pretty... Interesting well, I think he's conflicted about wanna... it. Right. It's, it's probably the first time someone's told him that they want to be like him. That's true. Um, and Monk says that he's thinking about calling the caseworker and permanently adopting uh, Tommy. And mm-hmm. Dr. Kroger is not so he's hot He's gentle about, about it at first, though. Yeah. He's, he, like, compliments him first. Yeah. And Monk is trying to think of a worse example of parents. And the only thing you can think about is wolves. Which are famously not people. So that's a bad right. start for Monk. <laughs> yeah. No shots to him. I, uh, if I was writing the show, just FYI, I absolutely would have said, I would have really, I would have said, I mean, he could have been adopted by, uh, you know, Joe Jackson, for instance. Um, I was going to say, like, Ed Kemper's mom. Oh, wow. Uh, speaking of verbal tics, I was two <laughs> seconds away from saying shouts to Ed Kemper, and that's a problem. That I oh only respond to, I can't think of something to say, is to say shouts to the last person <laughs> that was mentioned. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, and so, Monk and Natalie go back to Monk's apartment, and Julie shows a trick that Tommy does, I guess, where when she makes one of his pant legs uneven, he starts crying. Um... Which he is just like Monk. Um, and Monk gets very <laughs> defensive about it, which is why I think he's being facetious. He's lying to himself when he says that he's proud of him being just like him, you know? Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, when I was saying that at the time, I was just talking about Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because clearly he's like, because he's like, no one says anything, and he's like, everyone's like saying it's so bad, he'll be just like me. It's like, Monk, no one said anything. Um, yeah. And then... And now- uh, Natalie, like, you know, she has, like, a little serious Mm -hmm. talk with him in front of everybody, which was not the best look, personally. Mm -hmm. But she's just like, uh, you know, I'm a single mom. It's, like, a really tough job. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not as easy as you think it is. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because it is Monk's, like, first day with the kid. Not first day, probably a couple days, but yeah. 
a couple of days, but you know, like it's there's like so much more to life that has to happen, mm-hmm. and you know she's a little bit better with it than Kroger is, but ultimately she tells him like you know what, just think about it, like don't yeah. don't make such a, a hasty decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the clear thing is that like she centers it on the kid and on whether or not he actually can do it, because I think that so much of his defensiveness is that he's defensive about his ability to do it and he's not centering the needs of the child and that's bad as far as I understand yeah. it. Uh, as far as I understand parenting. Um, yeah. No, of course. I mean, like, imagine this kid, like, literally growing up just like Monk, but with, like, love, though. That would be the difference. Yes. Right? I think and he I'm would sure. grow up in a better... He would be better than Monk, but I still think it would right. not be a good situation for him to grow up in. No, he would be teased constantly. It would be, mm-hmm. especially these days, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so then Monk sits down to read him a story, The Princess and the Pea, which is a very good story for Monk to read because Monk absolutely would be able to fill a pea through, like, 24 mattresses. Um, he could probably feel a pea that was in the mattress, like, 15 years ago that's exactly. since been removed. Yeah. And then Tommy has a little treat, though. He has something in his hands. Is that a little lipstick? Where did he get that? Natalie's yeah. purse? Is that... Okay, did that actually happen? Or yeah. did he take it from... Okay, okay, yeah. So clearly he's got like some sort of fixation with this shape. And also right? stealing things from purses. Yes, he got sticky fingers. Yeah, he got... Yeah. Oh, well, got, all children have sticky fingers, but he has figured he got the permanent. Fingers. He's got the permanent five-finger discount. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the five-finger discount. Um... On secondly, surprisingly, I'll say in this episode, I've never shoplifted, and I have no intentions to ever. Um, I have Pokemon cards. Mm. Do I still have them? I know I don't, but I wish I did because apparently they're selling like fucking hotcakes these days. Yeah, insane. Um, uh, now this one's not inappropriate. Shouts to hotcakes. Anyway, um, yep. Monk calls for the captain. He doesn't answer. So then Monk reads another story, and. This is the story of what happened. This is when I was. This is when I was like, "What the fuck is going on? What is yeah. this?" Yeah, they. Yeah, they swung for the fences. I don't think it worked as well as it could, but I do appreciate that they tried. Um, and no, you know, I think at the end it ends up being like pretty nice. Like, yeah, I think the part the part at the it. end when he's talking about uh, his relationship to Tommy, I think it's very good. I think that it's it's so it's very disorienting though. Um, but anyway, yes, it is. Uh, it's jarring. Yeah. So uh, what 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 happens? You don't have to obviously use the fake device that the episode does. But what happened generally? Okay. Basically, it was the foster mom and her husband. Uh, they. What I don't remember, or yeah, I don't remember, is why they figured out it had to be this guy. Because uh, his family's rich, um, and because I don't know, they. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think. But they, they don't it. seem the type to be like on like you know to be aware of a very famous violinist. True, but say. also Monk did mention that he got a calendar, like their pack, uh, pamphlet at the library. So maybe they got it. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, basically, they did it, and the finger. I mean, obviously, it was the whole scheme. You know, they kidnapped him, and you have to show you're serious. So you send them like an appendage or whatever, mm-hmm. and but it was never meant to be found where it was because yeah, it was obviously meant to be found the, the kid had it. Yeah, yeah, it was meant to be, yeah, and basically the kid took it out of her purse. Mm-hmm. So was it meant to be found at the park, or was that going to happen somewhere else? I think it was supposed to be. I think it was meant to be found at the park. I it's unclear, but 
another thing too is that the one thing that Monk remembers is that the foster mom said he just found a pinky, but the police never mentioned that it was a pinky finger. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what how this that's what happened basically. Yeah. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. And then Monk says, you know, the most wonderful thing of all happened that you know he fell in love with this child, but he knows mm-hmm. that um, he can't be happy living with Mr. Monk. Um, and I think that this is Tony Shalhoub just, you know, doing some great acting. It's really effective yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was very touching. Um, I could definitely see why he got the Emmy and he deserves mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, then we cut to a SWAT raid on the Foster house, which is not great. I don't love the optics of a SWAT team raiding a house with four children in it. But they set the scene by telling them that the four kids were in the back. I, I, I know that, but it still isn't great. No, of course an not. Idea, but they end up arresting the two of them, and they find the guy in the uh, the, the shed. Um, he's no, he jumps the over the fence. He jumps. The fence. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that yeah. guy, that guy, that guy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. The 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 kidnapper jumps over the fence, and they you know, get him, and then they find the kidnappy in the shed. Um, mm-hmm. Poor guy. Uh, he can't play violin. Right, well, actually, once again, if he's left-handed, he can keep playing violin. If he's right-handed, then uh, you know. Um, I heard that uh, ITT Tech is uh, accepting applications. I was, yeah, all right. I was going to say he's got one less sticky finger. Oh, no. Uh, who said he had sticky fingers? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we all got sticky fingers, except for me, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, then we cut to uh, child services for San Francisco County. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, so Monk. last goodbye. Yeah. They're playing with leaves and just frolicking. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Monk gets to meet the parents that are taking him, Hank and Lisa. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells them to let him get messy and dirty, which is nice. Because it's something kids need to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then uh, they say goodbye. And, uh, yep, it's sad stuff. Yeah, it's very sad, very poignant, uh, very, you know, uh, nice ending. It, yeah. it it was a great episode. To me, in the end, it still didn't feel like a season finale, kind of. Like, it was mm-hmm. just, like, I kind of wanted something that would have had, like, kind of like a cliffhanger, even though it doesn't really happen. Yeah, but that's not, that's, I, this thing is, that's not really the show, is the big thing. Um, it's not, but for some reason, I just felt like I, this season, want, I needed one. Or maybe I just want one, period. Yeah, that's fair. Um yeah, it eventually does. There are, I think I believe there are some as the show goes on, but I think that it's important to remember to just that like TV just didn't do that a ton. Uh, obviously, like it, they did it back in the eighties with like Dallas and stuff like that, but I don't think it was a necessary thing uh, on shows like this. Um, but yeah, there's no cliffhanger, but there is a rating for this episode that you gave it. What do you give it out of ten? I gave it an eight and a half. I gave it an eight and a half as well. I feel like we're giving a lot of eight and a halves, which is. Uh, a great sign for the show Monk because eight and a half is a good score. No, um, it is. I'm, I'm waiting for like a nine. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for it. So, what would you give? Uh, well, we've done this before in season three. We're now done with season three. Oh, right. right. What was your favorite episode of season three? Um, it has to be. Oh man, um, I really liked Mr. Monk gets stuck in traffic. Uh. You tell me yours first. Let me look uh, I had to go with, for probably sentimental reasons, Mr. Monk and the Red Hand Ring, Natalie's first episode. Um, right. Like um, ooh, okay. 
you're gonna need to like. No worries. I can I can talk forever. Um. So uh, for breakfast today, I didn't eat anything. I don't know why I started with that. Um. Yeah. And um. What else? Uh. Well, hmm. I gave Mr. Okay, okay, actually, I gave Mr. Monk and the and the red herring a high score too. Um, but I definitely think that my favorite one, looking back on it now, is Mr. Monk gets stuck in traffic. Not a bad episode. So those are our favorites for this uh, for season. And honestly, I, th- I think Corn swung it, dude. I think Corn swung the season. Man, it's crazy. Jeez, they, wow! Like the dreadlocks on their head when they're headbanging. They swung the episode for you. It's insane. I can't. I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah. So how do you feel about the decision? to say yes to do this podcast after three seasons. Good idea or bad idea, be honest. Keep in mind my feelings are fragile. Uh, okay. <laughs> I f- f- when we were doing one episode a week, I was like, fuck, this is not a great idea. Yeah. Once we moved to two episodes, I'm like, all right, this is great. I'm glad so, to No, I, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm this happy has been, with This has it. been a ton of fun for me. Uh, yeah. Love mm-hmm. rewatching the show, love chopping it up, and love hearing back from people, feedback. Um, and every nice thing anyone says about this, it really means a lot. Because even though I've done other podcasts and stuff and, you know, had ones with bigger audiences and other, you know, I think that this one is just so personal to me, specifically because of Monk. And because it's kind of weird that someone my age grew up watching Monk, they just like to see other people relate to it. And, um, yeah, it just means a lot. I really appreciate everything that anyone's ever said. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I love going look at it. This is a really good way for me to combine old interests and new interests because I do podcasts now. But back in the day, I watched Monk, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, um... Well, I'm just glad I was involved in any way. This is very, it's been a, a very, like, nice way to, like, kind of chill my week down just to watch. I, them, I like, agree. I also, old, yeah. I also think that there is something with quarantine of just, like, tell me if I'm wrong, just knowing two days a week there is something to do. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. it's just, like, it just psychologically, it's like, because on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, I had nothing to do either night, and it was like, what? What am I? What, 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 how, what do I? How do I live? What do I do? Um, whereas like, Tuesday, Mondays and Thursdays, like I know I at least at ten o'clock my time I'm gonna do something. Anyway, rate, review, subscribe to the show, um, and please tell friends, family, coworkers about it if they watch the show Monk. I think there are more Monk fans out there than I think you know you might know. Um, and uh, more importantly than that, though, follow the show at Strictly Monkin. Um, on Twitter, Andre, where people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Um, and yeah, season three is over, and we'll be starting season four next week. Um, and we're just, I, we're starting off with what you should tune into next week, which is, I love this episode. This episode might not be as good as I remember, but I just have a soft sauce after this episode because of the guest star. I can remember the guest star is Jason Alexander playing the character Detective Marty Eels, and no, I don't have to look that up. Uh, in Mr. Monk and the other detective. I fucking love him, man. Let's get monkey, baby. (laughs) 